necessary. And you're going to have to keep on saying that. We've got some difficult days ahead. But it really doesn't matter with me now. I'm worried about anything. I'm not fearing any man. My eyes have seen the glory. This is 91.7 The Edge, and I'm your host, Kenny G, and this is Stay Woke. I got another good show for everybody today. I am still under the weather, so if my voice sounds a little off, that's okay. We're going to keep pushing through. But my guest today is Danielle Coran. I got the name right. I, I practiced and I got it right. That's right. And what we're talking about, Grantland.com says it's the nastiest injury in sports. But today, Danielle has said some of the things that she's done has helped her athletes kind of prevent um, getting these uh, ACL injuries that have devastated so many athletes. She comes to us from... The Mercy Sports Medicine and Rehabilitation Center. She does uh, rehabilitation athletic training and also some outreach services at Whitewater High School as well. Yes. And so we are excited to have you. Um, thanks for having me. Thank you for coming because, and it's crazy, we were talking before the show, as I was reading the uh, newspaper here at UW-Whitewater, I go to the back of the sports page and here it is, one of for, a former athlete was talking about how he's trying to come back from an ACL injury. And so it just goes to show you just how timely this problem is and how it really needs to be talked about, especially in the media, so kids will know some of the things that they can do to avoid this injury as well. As always, first, here's why you need to stay woke. There are between 100,000 and 200,000 ACL ruptures per year in the United States alone, and they account for more than $500 million in the U.S. healthcare costs each year. So the issue of ACL injuries can be seen, as many of you guys know, in football and basketball. And you see it in soccer as well, but here, of course, in the U.S., football and basketball are kind of our major sports, so you really see those athletes that go down. And we're talking about people like Tyron Mathieu, who's played for, I believe, the Cardinals, Arizona Cardinals, Kelvin Benjamin, who played for the Carolina Panthers, and, of course, from my hometown, Derrick Rose, who suffered his injury at like the height of his success, and really he he hasn't really looked the same since that injury, and so it's, it's it could be a devastating injury. But Danielle, let's just really try to explain what an what an ACL injury is and why it's so important. Great question. So um, your ACL is called your anterior cruciate ligament. Um, your ACL is deep within your knee. It's the main stabilizer of your knee. So if we look at the anatomy of your knee, your knee comes together um, with your thigh bone, which is your femur, and it comes together to meet your shin bones, which is your tibia and your fibula, and it allows the knee to bend. The stability of the knee comes from four ligaments. We talk about the ACL being the main ligament for stability, but there's actually four others that provide stability. Those are your PCL, your posterior cruciate ligament, your LCL, and your MCL. So all those four work to stabilize the knee. Those aren't the only stabilizers. Of course, you got your muscles and tendons that cross the knee that help to protect, protect it too. But without an ACL, you're not going to be able to run and cut and 
change direction. There have been a few people that have been able to, to run without an ACL, but most of those people um, have problems with instability and end up having surgery. Wow. And so my little research that I have done and just being around sports in general, what I under from what I understand, majority of the time, this injury kind of happens without contact. So like when you're decelerating, stopping, suddenly twisting, cutting or jumping, so to me, the injury, it can happen to anybody. It does, it's not restricted to sports, but the, the possibility of happening to somebody that's not in sports is highly unlikely. But people that just that in general should care about what an ACL is as well because it's not just a sports thing, even though it's you see it mostly in sports because of what they're doing. But it can happen, you know, just that I, from what I was reading, it's you, uh, they describe it as hearing a pop. Yes. Yes, and which and is crazy. You brought up the point that there can be no contact at all, and that's kind of um, where this injury is unique, where um, uh, people can tear without anyone touching them at all. There can be no contact. It's just a simple plant. Uh, you plant that leg, and um, generally there's a rotational force. The knee may buckle. You're slowing down. You hear a pop. Boom, the ACL is torn. So wow. there's really no way we can prevent it, but we do things to reduce that risk of injury. But it's just something that if you're playing a sport, you know, it doesn't affect everyone, but the ones that it does affect, you talked about in the beginning it being a devastating injury. It, it is. It can be very devastating because it's typically a season-ending injury yeah. for people. You tear your ACL, you can't run and cut anymore. Yeah. Requires surgery, requires a lengthy rehab process, yeah. all to get better. But so the good news is that you <laughs> can get better. So, so talk about some of the things that you've been you've been kind of trying to implement in your practice to help some of these athletes try to st- avoid getting oh, getting ACL. Absolutely. So, ACL um, prevention strategies is been a passion of mine. Um, About a couple years ago, um, I started an ACL prevention program. We call it a prevention program, but really it just works to reduce the risk of lower extremity injury. It starts out this way. So first I identified um, a patient population that has a high risk. And for Mm -hmm. me, it was basketball players. So Mm -hmm. I looked at the basketball players. I did a preseason screen on all of my basketball players. This involved video analysis of looking at their jumping mechanics. Mm -hmm. So I pinpointed the things that they did wrong. I showed them the things that they did wrong. And it can be a variety of things. It can be something in their trunk that they're doing wrong. It could be something in their hips, their Mm -hmm. knees, their ankles. So we would want to correct that to help reduce someone's risk of injury. And were these men, women, both? Men and women. Men and women. And were they uh, high school or college? Um, Primarily high school, but we do do this for college athletes also. So it's just an injury prevention screen. So you videotape them, you um, assess their risk, and then it's just about telling them what they do wrong so that they can correct it. Mm -hmm. There's a second part of the injury prevention that I do, and it involves team interventions. So one or two times a week, I would go into basketball practice. Um, Coach would give me about five, ten minutes, and I would work specifically with uh, female athletes on correcting some of these mechanical things that they do wrong. Typically what we see with female athletes is weak hips. So one of the things I wanted to do is get their hips strong. A pet peeve of mine, and so many of them do it, is their knees buckle. So when they're shooting, when they're jumping, you see their knees kind of cave in. And that's one of the risk factors when we study people who've torn their ACL. It's one of the things that happens. So just because you do that, doesn't mean you're going to tear, right. but we definitely want to correct that. So these team interventions, we, we'd work on them in practice. We'd work on landing. We'd work on having a 
uh, neutral foot, uh, feet shoulder width apart, and just spend time on practicing these simple things. And it really benefited um, the girls that I worked with because since we started the program, we've had zero ACL tears in wow. season. When we look at the previous seasons, there was at least one tear per season prior to these interventions. So that just goes to say that just the time spent and the effort yeah. um, has had an effect on these athletes, especially, effect. Especially for a woman because this is an uh, an injury that disproportionately affects w- the women population for whatever reason. I've I've done research in the past um, before even doing this show about why it affects women so 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 much, and they have theories, but nothing really proven to show why it does. Of course, like like you talked about the weak hips, weak and, hips, yeah. And so so it's really important that you would you know go in and work with these young ladies. And so you said it only took about the the coach gave you at least ten minutes. So did, you yeah, know it didn't interrupt minutes. it didn't interrupt practice. No. You know t- too much. You were able no. to do some things. And so how long did you, uh, f- uh, I guess, film these athletes? I would say was it just like preseason or was it like you you mentioned like a little bit in season as yeah, well? We did it actually the whole season. So nice. okay. if you look at it, um, we kind of wanted to do it all season long just because. Uh, Sometimes people can revert back to bad mechanics yeah. and, and if they're not practicing them. And that's kind of what I was seeing. You know, I started the program out, and then um, we took a little break over winter break, and then I was watching some of the girls jump and shoot, and they were still just reverting back to poor mechanics. And I'm like, oh, we're going to have to practice this all season long. <laughs> so we just kept with it, and it had a positive, you know, a positive impact. And if you look at the success of a team, for a team to be successful, of course they got to work hard, but everyone's got to be healthy. And, yeah. you know, if you lose yeah. one of your star players, that that's, drastically changes things. I mean, that's that kind of affects, you know, like in the NBA, that right. what makes a championship team uh, versus not one, sometimes they're just injuries. Right, and you talked about Derrick Rose tearing his ACL in the 2012. That was the NBA playoffs. I mean, that's hurt huge. Me, I me. mean, <laughs> <laughs> right. And I mean, we were doing very well, I, be- I believe, that year. And so it it tears your team apart. Your chem- your team chemistry is gone if that star player goes down. So, do you think that the athletes were able to pick up? the correct mechanics easily or was it something they kind of had to work at for 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 a while like you said they had to work at it absolutely and there's still things you know i want everyone to land perfectly so yeah. there's still things i want to fix about them uh-huh. but just you know that practice having that time to do it and it's been successful for us and i know of um you know other athletic trainers who've done similar things and have had yeah. similar success where they've seen their acl tear um, rate decrease over time just by doing these simple interventions and it's something that you don't necessarily need an athletic trainer to come into your practice and Mm -hmm. do it i mean my team was lucky enough that i was able to be there to work with them but just incorporating some of these strengthening strengthening exercises or just working on jumping exercises and that's pretty much what we did yeah you know six seven exercises boom we're done wow so do you uh think do you think there are some moves because as i was like just looking it up do you think there are some moves that NBA player, not NBA, but uh, basketball players in general probably should just avoid doing that that are probably detrimental to the knees? I, I wouldn't tell anyone to avoid a movement. Mm-hmm. In basketball, you've got to run, you've got to cut, yeah. you've got to change direction, you've got to slide your feet to play. Having correct mechanics is the key. It's you the should key. be able to play that sport and play it safely. So just having correct mechanics and knowing that you're doing things the correct way. Yeah. Should reduce your because you got because I was I asked that question because as I was uh, 
looking it up, I've, I was seeing where some NBA players were talking about how, you know, guys are doing Euro steps now. Like, that wasn't in the NBA. Like, people, they, they said, like, people used to just run straight lines in the NBA. What's a Euro step? The Euro step basically is like a, a basketball player would plant his, his right foot uh, okay. hard, and then he'll plant the left foot and then go up and make a move. So you're planting one foot hard, planting another foot kind of hard. So, like, you know, that kind of that right. affects your, your knees and your, and your ligaments and things like that. And guys weren't doing that. 20, 30 years ago. Right. Like, Bob Cousy wasn't doing a Euro step. You see that. If, you, um, if you've ever seen James Harden play, he, he does that a lot. Where you, so when you do that sudden planting, that mm-hmm. could really put a lot of pressure right. on, like, an ACL, MCL. And so it's just interesting to hear some of the NBA guys saying, you know, that's... Because it's been a rise, which is kind of why I wanted to do the show. It's been a rise in ACL injuries, especially in star athletes. Like, yep. they were, you know, it just seemed like all of a sudden star athlete after star athlete was just going down with either an ACL injury or with um, some type of knee injury, just one after another. And people start throwing around like, well, they wear they wear too much uh, gear as far as all that knee pads and, mm-hmm. and just too much. You know, you didn't see that uh, years ago. And it was just, it was, I thought it was just interesting why so many ACL injuries were affecting NBA players all of a sudden, to, um, which is so, that's why I wanted you to come yeah. on and just see, right. and you see that it's certain mechanics that you can do. Exactly. And you too. talked about the, you know, the Euro, what was it called? Yeah, the Euro, the Euro step. Yeah. The Euro step. So one of the things we work on too is timing. So when you're mm. landing, you should be landing with both feet at the same time. So I'm super nitpicky about that. Someone who goes up, you know, for a layup and comes down on one foot. No, you need to <laughs> land on both feet. Oh, and if you're going up for a layup yeah. and you're out of control or you're going to block someone's shot and you're out of control and you land on that one foot, those are the times I've personally witnessed people tearing their ACL. So you talk about control wow. and landing. That's a lot of force yeah. to put on a leg when you're going full speed and you're going to land on one leg. That's a lot of force. So landing with two feet is key so okay so that's very interesting that you said that because I was doing some like assistant coaching and one of the coaches that I was working with he always always like the if you never remember anything he ever preached or said you always remember two feet him yes. yelling two feet and <laughs> I, like I and, <laughs> and I remember like I remember sitting next to him like two feet I was like uh, I was like you know that's, I was like I don't go off two feet you know, when I play basketball, I've never gone up two feet. And he was like, really? He, he talked about how he got undercut yep. and how angry that made him feel, how, you know, he could have gotten really injured. And ever since then, he goes off two feet. And um, so that's just really interesting how you – so more and more like, – I don't, I don't hear a lot of coaches – Maybe it's just me, but I just don't hear a lot of people saying two feet anymore. Neither do I. Nope, nope. And I watch, you know, when I watch people play too, it's it's common for people to come down on one foot. And, wow. you know, it's just it's just a risk. You know, you yeah. come down on one foot, you're out of control. All that knee has to do is buckle. Hear that pop. Yeah. ACL tears. Not good. And <laughs> Yeah. And it just, it just certain things that are taught now because the game has, has evolved so much and, and athletes have become – bigger, stronger, faster, whatever, that some of the safety things have kind of gone away. No one really talks about it because it's like, hey, well, you know, these these kids are developed. They're they're a lot, you know, they don't need those safety measures as much because they're, you know, they do have all these muscles or they are fast, but that's not the case. You have to work on good mechanics. You have to work on good mechanics. So that's interesting that uh, I wonder – if more and more people are going to try to talk talk coaches into 
preaching mechanics more oh, as, as well as fundamentals. Because, of course, everybody knows you have to have fundamentals in basketball, but mm-hmm. you don't hear the mechanics as well right. that's being preached. And so I wonder if uh, that's going to be something that's going to come up as more and more people are concerned about ACLs. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that kind of, when I think about people preaching it, I was going to ask you about just your time and interacting with other athletic trainers. Do you think enough has been said about mechanics and prevention, or is it more just just doing what they're supposed to do, you know, because teaching mechanics is not necessarily something that you have to do, right? Right, right. Well, athletic trainers, one of the things that we we do is we help with injury prevention. For each athletic trainer, it's going to be individual to the team or the athletes that they work work with where the need is. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I found ACLs to be a problem because I looked back at, you know, my injury statistics. We Mm. keep records of, of what sort of injuries and what we're seeing people for, and I was like, wow, you know, We've had a lot of ACL injuries. Like, we need to do something to fix that. So really, it's just if there's a need, you know, if there's something that needs to be fixed, you know, as athletic trainers, you know, we're trained to to help with injury prevention, and that's something that we we can do. Yeah. Are you seeking out more resources uh, that would uh, help with ACL, like, prevention? like Just current research. Yeah. Yep, current research. So. um Current research, the video analysis, that's that's newer research. Mm-hmm. So that really wasn't done in the past. It's something that's happened in the past few few years where we look at video analysis yeah. and, and how people land. There, prior to that, there wasn't um, a clinical tool available like yeah. that that was valid and reliable where, where now we kind of look at video analysis of how people. Sometimes things happen so fast you yeah. can't see. You know, exactly. and I, I remember I, I pulled up, you know, it's funny. Yeah. We both like Derek Rose. We were talking about him. I pulled up that video and I, you know, I, mm-hmm. I sh- I've showed that video and talks I've done of him tearing his ACL. And, you know, you, you look at what did you what notice? What well, was a non-contact injury? Yeah. <laughs> I noticed that. So <laughs> it was, you know, he was, he was driving to the basket and then he goes to jump stop and do a shot. And, you know, it tore when he did his jump stop. So oh, wow. I didn't and have the right camera angle, but, yeah. you know, I just wonder if, if that timing with his feet were off. And mm. I'm sure that knee buckled when he tore, but, you know, talk about jump stop landing, you know. Yeah. You talk, ab- you talk about timing, which makes me think. The mechanics that that are needed to prevent these injuries are going to have to be taught to the younger kids because if you if you think about it, athletes already have a lot on their mind, right? So right. they're thinking Skill. about shot clock, yeah. they're thinking about um, situ- game situation, yep. and so the mechanics are going to have to be inbred. It's, go- it's going to be have the instinct um, because they're not going to have time to think about you know are my feet timed right? You know, right. A- am I doing this this move in a m- mechanical way? And so it's going to be really important that we get the young kids, just like we get them for fundamentals. Right. It's going to be really important that we get uh, the youngins to the point where they're they, where they know, okay, this is the right way to do it. This is how right. I can, you know, have a long career if I want to. Because otherwise, right. if you try to, you know, if, I, yeah, if you try to do it later on, I'm sure they can get it. I'm sure it'll be fine. But like you said, they're going to kind of revert back to mm-hmm. bad habits they if they have them. And and because they're going to be worried about all right, it's it's a point five left. I got to get you know it's right. it's nothing n- nothing in their mind is going to say okay mechanics is is <laughs> what I need to worry about right now. Right. You know, coach may be screaming at them, uh, the, the team may be down. It's, right. So so it yes, yeah, so it definitely has to be taught. I think um, at a at a younger age. 
Um, you talk about youth adolescence too, and you know, a youth adolescent and an adult, mm-hmm. you know, their bodies are different. You know, oh, a youth, think about that. they're growing, you know, they're getting taller. Yeah. Um, generally, they're not strong, you know, yeah. they need to build strength. So, just building strength as a youth athlete is important. You know, that's you true. focus so much on the sport. I mean, you need to look at just getting strong too. And that's probably even especially true in women's sports. Right. Because oftentimes we don't preach. Uh, strength mm-hmm. in 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 women's sports. You know, it's maybe technique, fundamentals, but we don't we don't uh, teach the strength part, and that's a lot of times you don't see you know strengthening the legs or strengthening you know ankles or different things, mm-hmm. and that's probably they can probably avoid those like weaker hips. Right. If strength, if they were uh, doing strength training yeah. in the college setting, it's pretty normal for college teams to have a strength and conditioning yeah. coach available and have a set schedule where they're working on getting stronger outside of practice. So that's great for college age athletes. But in the high school and in yeah. the younger ages, you know, it's it's not guaranteed that they're going to have that time unless you know the coach has weightlifting on their schedule during the school season for them to work at right. on that. And sometimes it may be optional, and you know, yeah. an athlete might think, well, it's not that important. I don't need to go weight, lift these weights, but really, right. it is important. No, so that's I've, how you get better. I was around some some high school kids, and in the weight room was a joke. Like <laughs> these, these, kids, these kids were like talking about their boyfriend or whatever, and you know, it's like, come on, this is this time is this is time to lift, and it's it's a, it's an important part of af- athletics and even just health in general. Um, t- talking about strength training, and I think not only mechanics. But if you just want to look at, I guess, health in general for, for high school kids, I, you know, it, when you're when you're a high schooler, you don't, of course, you're not thinking about ten years down the road. Right. But now that I'm in a position that I am, and I'm like around high school kids, and I'm seeing like they're eating flaming hot Cheetos yeah. before games, right? And it's like oh, you're killing me, Smalls, right? Because now you're gonna get me on the nutrition <laughs> talk too. <laughs> you know, you just think about. A lot of things need to change as far as you don't want to take the fun out of being a high school student or anything, but you you do want to kind of preach some things that some good habits. Taking care of your body. Taking care of your body and, you know, avoiding certain injuries if you can. And it goes beyond that, like just so you can be actually a, a normal walking human being right. just for just for your career, you know, and you don't have, as Derek Rose said, he doesn't want bad knees at his at his son's graduation. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. And so, you know, that that's that's important as well. We might as well get into. Matter of fact, no, we kind of talked about like the uh, common mistakes you kind of see athletes make when it comes to like injury prevention as far as like stretching and things like that. You know, it's I think all all athletes as far as like high school can probably get better at remembering to do to stretch before competing and things like that, because, you know, down the road, that's what's going to help them. Warm up is huge. Warm up is is very important. You don't want to go out and do a sport if your body's not ready to do it. And I'm a hypocrite because I I, I don't warm up as much as I should. But but I definitely know the importance and why you should Mm -hmm. um, as well. But let's talk about the other side to to an ACL tear. I was, of course, I know about ACL tears, and I've been around people that have had one. And I was just thinking about, like, this is definitely an injury you want to avoid because, um, as one article, as I was looking at it, put it, ACL reconstruction, if you have to have a, a the, the surgery, is a painful surgery to endure. It says the recovery can be long. 
and it's a psychological one. Right. So it said one study found that athletes who suffer an ACL injury tend to experience more depression, have a fear of re-injury, and have dec- decreased sport satisfaction. That's absolutely true. And those are all things. I mean, you look at someone tears their ACL, um, they want to play sports again, so they go and get it repaired. Uh, the ACL is now repaired. There is so much more stuff that needs to be rehabbed besides now that the ACL is repaired and now you wow. need to allow it to heal. There's so much other stuff that goes wrong. Anything from muscle weakness to now you have a joint effusion. Now there's just your knees big and swollen. Wow. You can lose normal range of motion, which you need to regain. And your function can be impaired. So the rehab process after ACL reconstruction is, is pretty lengthy. And it's hard. I always tell people, I've done a lot of rehabs, I always tell people, this is hard. Like, mm-hmm. you need to work hard and, and really give this your all. Because rehab can last a very long time. Wow. You, you look at the earliest, you know, typically um, someone would return after ACL reconstruction is, is six months, where research now is saying, well, let's hold them out till seven months. Mm-hmm. That's a long time. Yeah. It's a long time. long time. So we talk, talk about it being a season-ending injury. It's it's a long time. you got to work hard. And even at that, when people are cleared, um, say, at seven months after their ACL re- is reconstructed and they're cleared to go back to, you know, a sport that is involves running and cutting, um, it still takes time to get back to 100%. They might yeah. not be cleared. at. They might not be 100% yeah. by then. They might be like, you know... You know, 90, 95%, they might be feeling really good, yeah. but there's still deficits that you need to work on. We sometimes say it takes up to a year, sometimes more for other people, yeah. but up to a year where you just have to work hard and you have to be good about getting stronger and going to the gym and, and correcting all these deficiencies that happen because of this one knee injury. Wow. And then you talk about the risk of re-injury. Yeah. <laughs> Do we dare go there? <laughs> right. No, no. It's because yeah. I was I was looking I was looking at a, an article that I don't have pulled up, but I was looking at it. It was a hockey player, mm-hmm. and it was it was a hockey player that I think got re-injured after ACL, and then they were going through. It was a study done. It was just showing like how your chances of re like of re-injuring something in your knee was like two and a half times more likely, and it was just the, the stats were just disheartening when it come when it came to ACL injuries and, and re-injury. Right. And not and not to keep bringing up the Derrick Rose thing, but as you can see, even with Derrick Rose, it now it's been one thing I've never with, with with his knee. You know, it's not necessarily the ACL, but right. it's it's something right. in the knee similar. Yep, you talk about these other impairments that you got to correct. I've actually found research where it says your risk of um, re-injury after you've already had an ACL mm-hmm. tear is seven times greater. I wow. mean, you said two times. <laughs> that was just that little study. <laughs> oh, I found a study that said seven times wow. greater. So not only are you at risk if, if things aren't, you know, um, corrected, rehabbed, um, you're at risk for re-tearing that knee. You can actually re-tear the other knee. Wow. There's there's people that have torn their ACL yeah. in their right oh, yeah, and, and in their left yep, knee. Yep, which is devastating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, oh, absolutely. And And... I'm just going to stay on the Derrick Rose thing, but when when he had the injury and, I mean, the whole city was just down on him because he didn't come back the, like they thought he should. And I kept trying to tell people that you don't understand the psychological effects it had, you you know, you experience when it comes to an injury like that as far as you don't know if you should fully trust your, your leg, your knee. Like, you, you don't know what would happen if you go and make the same move. And here it is, especially when it comes to it was a non-contact uh, injury. Correct. And so that's dangerous. You don't know at what point could my knee just give out on me again. And coming from someone that plays sports, and I've had, 
you know, minor, very minor injuries. And even I was like, when I would go, go, would go back on the court, it was like, well, could I do something again that would, you know, so it's, right. and I'm not playing for millions of dollars. Right. I, I'm, yes. just, I'm just playing mm-hmm. for fun. And so you got, you got, you, you got money playing into it. And then you got your family that you were and you got team that you're letting down. So it's so many psychological things, but people are so selfish they don't, mm-hmm. they don't kind of understand that it's a lot that really goes into when you injure your injure a knee and rehab you so many things that could be going on yes. in your life at that time that that psychological response should be addressed in in rehab and that's something that we do address people often complain um that you know knee problems pain or fear of re-injury is a factor of why they're not able to return to play or return to play um, wow. to their sport. So you look at, you know, that, that fear is yeah. absolutely there and it needs to be addressed. And there's ways in rehab that we can address it um, throughout the rehab, you know, early on. And, and addressing it is important because when you play your sport, when you return back to your sport after an ACL reconstruction, you shouldn't, you should not be afraid. Yeah. You should have full confidence. Yeah. And if you're afraid, well, it's too early. Maybe you need to wait a little bit longer right. and, and work on getting that knee back right. to normal. Yeah. Which is a, which is a great point. All right. We're going to take a quick break, but on the other side of the break, find out maybe what happens after an ACL injury. What, what can you do to maybe avoid a second knee replacement or an ACL injury? But up next, we have Hood Scholar. Turn your radios up. Check it, good grace. I look smarter. Took that, then flipped that with my hood partners. He done turned himself into a hood scholar. Still getting these hood dollars. And my trap, boom it, boom it. Getting hood dollars, I ain't even had to be the dope man. Got new cuts waiting on the track team. Yeah, I'm from the hood, but I still got a class ring. Jumping over hurdles like I'm running on the track team. Trying to make a full time gig from a rap thing, yeah. Wait, 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 way too late. Tell them you can catch the way cool shit. I've been up for seven days doing this. This what happen when you raise brewing hits. Every time I hit the block, it's going up. Rata, 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 trap is going up. Shout out to a high, got him throwing sauce. You know, we've been eating, tell them all the salt, mate. Mama said, get good grades, I look smarter. Look smarter. Took that, then flipped that with my hood partners. Hood partners? He done turned himself into a hood scholar. Still getting these hood dollars. And my trap, boom it, boom it. Sitting on the table, if that makes sense. I'm the boy with our black and gold with the upside down crucifix. Heard he got it all on video, so you might just wanna YouTube this. I'm not saying that I'm Michael Jordan, all I'm saying is if the shoe fits. People passed for the lack of knowledge, so I went to college. What you trying to tell me? Not only did I go, I graduated, feel immaculated. What you trying to sell me? They let the drive, they taking ferris. They wanna play like Tyler Perry. Remember when they told me I couldn't rap, so now I sing like Mary Mary. Am I trapped? I don't think y'all understand how I feel I wish I could have win on a day with a Never pushed up and I never sold any bills I mean it when I 
say Netflix and chill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Turn down that ruckus. 
I'm like the brakes to see if you can't touch us. Go ape in here, I get replacement here. They either kick us out or unplug it. So I let my light shine like high beams. Turn it up till it's blind things that they can't see up they rear view. Say it loud so they hear you. And you know the truth, but it scares you. So you hide in those dark places. And I came to shine the light. So don't try to hide your base. It's riding clean, don't mistake us. Even though we took a different route, we still guarantee to turn it up so we can blow the speakers out. Bass loud in my mic up. I'm turning my lights up. It's quiet out there. I got the juice now. 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 I got
listen. Back here on the edge, and this is Kenny G, of course, talking with Danielle Coran, an athletic trainer who says more importance should be placed on the prevention of ACL injuries in athletes. And I found a study that uh, talked about athletes who have reconstructive surgery are, um, it's, I think it says six times, six times more likely. We're talking about to have to have another one within two years than someone who never had such an injury. And so before I went on break, I posed the question, what can you do after you have an ACL injury in order to avoid having that second one on maybe another knee or hurting that same knee? So what do you think, Danielle, would be some good muscles that maybe you should strengthen? Right, right. So after ACL reconstruction, there's an extensive rehab process where you work on repairing um, normal function of the knee you work on getting your knee stronger, getting rid of that effusion if there's swelling in that knee, regaining normal range of motion. So rehab really works well at addressing all those issues. One thing that we're looking at now, though, is, is something called symmetry training. So you you look at, well, why do people re-tear? And, well, we, we can identify risk factors, and that's, those are the things we try to, to correct but one way of, of doing rehab is, is doing something called symmetry training. So symmetry training just has to do with it's kind of later stages of rehab where you look at, you know, does the right and the left half of your body, do, do things move normal? Do they move the same on both sides of the body? Does your does your function look symmetrical? So symmetry mm-hmm. training is, is really the key to, to, you know, getting better and improving some of these deficits. So let's just say, let's just pretend that an athlete, say it's a it's a high school athlete. I just pretend a high school athlete is listening right now. You know, you should be in school, but hey, right. shout out. <laughs> um, but let's just say a high school athlete is listening right now, or maybe even a mom or a dad, and they they're really interested in what you're saying about prevention and mechanics. Is this something that, if it's not being offered at their high school, is this something that coach can that they can go to a coach and maybe ask for, or maybe. In, in other words, it's something that a coach can easily implement or it would have to, to be a big uh, to-do as far as just administration-wide. Yeah, well, that's a great question. So most high schools have access to an athletic trainer, so that would be your first starting point right there. Get in okay. contact with your high school athletic trainer. You know, prevention is something that's within our scope of practice. And, you know, just touch base with your high school athletic trainer. There's, there is a program that Mercy Sports Medicine has, and, and this is new this year. We started it the first of the year. It's called um, Eclipse Sports Performance, and it's, it's geared towards improving function, movement, strength. It even has an advanced um, sports performance component. It's you know, exercise classes that are run by athletic trainers, and, and we really work on the symmetry training, trying to reduce the risk. We look for a lot of these factors through uh, video analysis, uh, and try and correct these biomechanics of athletes so that their risk of, of we should just say lower extremity injury because, you know, there can be a risk to the ankle or, mm-hmm. you know, to the hip too. So we really look at anything lower extremity to try and correct. So that's our Eclipse Sports Performance Program. We run that out of the Mercy Walworth Sports Medicine uh, Program um, clinic. And and is that for, 
that's for like prevention. Did you say? Or is it for someone that's already experienced? We've set it up for both. So there comes a point. So someone has ACL reconstruction, they go do their regular physical therapy. And generally, you know, they do that for three, sometimes four months. And then there's that gap between um, when they can return to sport. So if you talk about, you know, someone can return six, seven months post ACL reconstruction, you got a couple of months in between where you just need to work on getting stronger. So we've, we've, um, Got a, a a level in our Eclipse Sports Performance Program that's geared towards just getting those patients a little bit stronger, and then we have a second level where you can graduate to where it's more just your advanced sports training, where you're just you know there really shouldn't be anything holding you back if you're in that advanced class where, uh, you know the the level one class where we still kind of put yeah. the brakes on certain <laughs> things just to get people stronger and get them moving right and have normal functions. So it's a great program. I encourage anyone if you have questions. Um, I have a number you can call, um, 262-245-4980. Um, you can ask about our Eclipse Sports Performance. Now, what about someone that um, just plays, like, in a, in, a, in, in a wide league or something? They kind of want to just have different mechanics, so they they make sure they don't tear, tear their ACL, you know, playing in a wide league. Could they come and you know, enroll in the... Yep. Program. Yep. We do it as prevention. We do it as a, a kind of a bridge program, or we do it just for just your regular regular person who just wants to get better and get stronger and improve performance. So there's there's different components to the program, and it's kind of geared to a wide range of people. So. Now I wonder if you know this. Now some ACL injuries, I believe they can have like a partial tear, right? Correct. Yeah. And and, and so some ACL injuries don't require surgery. Now I wonder. Do they have a higher incidence of re-injury because they didn't have to have surgery, do you think? There's always that risk if if that ACL is partially torn where you can completely tear it. There's always mm-hmm. that risk. But, yeah, I've, I've seen people who have had partial tears and they go through the rehab process because there's, of course, rehab yeah. to get back from that. And then they're back doing their full sport. So the incidence of, of tear after a partial tear, I'm, I'm not quite sure yeah. what that is. But there's always that risk. But, yeah, you know, people. getting stronger and working on that symmetry training is is what's important to reduce your risk. Yeah. And uh, I think they were saying it, it's, it's also good to, you know, like you were saying earlier, like kind of build those muscles even around the, like, quads and Absolutely. things like that. You know, hips. people. Hi- yeah. yeah, hips. And uh, and even hips are probably even important, even for males. I know we talked about, like, females, it being important. Right. But I would say any person should make, sh- make sure that every function of their body should be at its complete functionality. Yep. And I've seen <laughs> knees buckle in, in males, too. So yeah. when you say... I say I see it a lot in females, but trust me, when I do my injury prevention screens, there's plenty of, of male athletes who don't think they do it. But right. when I pull it up on video and I show them, there's like this, oh, I do that? <laughs> <laughs> I got you on video doing right. that. Right. I was kind of thinking about that earlier. Like, do, do, you, do you encounter a lot of resistance for some, for some athletes when you're trying to tell them, hey, you know, do it, do it this way or, or do it that way? Because some of these players have been doing – a certain move, their a certain way, their entire careers, and so I wanted to. You encounter a lot of resistance, like especially high school students now know everything, right? Right. And so they, they, they think they do, right? <laughs> they think they do. They have lived for years upon years, eighteen years, <laughs> <laughs> and, 
And so I wonder, do you, do you encounter like a lot of resistance from athletes? I, I really don't get resistance with the program that I do. Everyone's okay. really well receptive to it. And from my standpoint, I'd really rather pour my effort and my time into working with athletes, student athletes from a preventative standpoint than having to work with them afterwards. And of course, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm there to do both. But if I can do anything to keep you healthy and, and prevent or reduce your risk, that's, that's my goal. And nice. everyone's happy that way. <laughs> <laughs> Stay healthy. So could an athlete come see you personally? Is that, or would they have to enroll in like one of the, the Mercy programs? Yep. Yep. I do work for the, the Eclipse Sports Program. So that's one of the, one of the things I work with too. But, um, yep. That's, okay. Nice. Any last minute uh, advice you want to give to maybe parents and athletes and any listeners? Yes, I would. I would say, you know, if you're going to do a sport, you know, make sure that there's a period where you you practice it and you just don't go out and play. You need to be in shape. That's going to help reduce your risk. You need to be warmed up before you play. You need to um, address any issues that you have. If you have ankle pain or if you have knee knee pain, you know, prior to playing a sport, you need to address that. You need to be healthy. Um, because the outcome, you know, we, we talk about the ACL, the outcome, like you said in the beginning, it's devastating if you, if you tear your ACL. So anything you can do to stay healthy and, and take care of your body is what I encourage. I definitely agree. I, I, I used to ascribe to the old mentality of ignore the pain and play <laughs> through it. I thought, I thought I was like, I, th- I thought I was just a warrior. I was like, listen, I feel pain. I just, it doesn't matter. I'm going on the court anyway. And then guess what? I read something. I got a devastating injury. I have um, ITBS, and and I read somewhere where it says if your body is yelling at you, you might want to address the problem. That's correct. And yep. I had to drop the warrior mentality of fight through it because it didn't it didn't serve me any good later on down the road. As you said, if if your body if you have ankle injuries or any type of injuries, address the problem. Do yes. not ignore it and play through it as many would have you do, especially in tough male sports like football. Right, right. You know, you, you, we want you to be tough, but we want you to be healthy as well. So my time is coming to an end. I want to thank Danielle for coming on talk oh, about this. Oh, you're welcome. I thank appreciate you it. for having me. Yes, this was a great talk. And hopefully more and more, it, I learned a lot, and hopefully more and more coaches and athletes will start to think about mechanics, Yes, which is something we don't really hear a lot. And so I'm hoping that... This kind of opens some people's eyes and they'll probably tell a friend who will tell a friend, hey, I learned something new today, which is always good. As always, any articles that I mentioned today can be found on my Facebook page at www.facebook.com backslash Black Radio 11 or on my Twitter at Serving Christ 11. I'm on the podcast, so you can search for 91.7 The Edge on the podcast app for an iPhone, or you can look for 91.7 The Edge on SoundCloud if you have an Android. As always, make yesterday jealous by working harder today and give love even in the darkest times.